0: across the Resonate Regional Radio Network.
1: It's my time.
2: it's my life, I hope you will
1: come along.
0: This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin.
2: Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today, Wednesday morning, the 14th of September. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI and Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. We're going to start off this show. Unbelievable Cubby Station dam collapses, flooding paddocks. An unbelievable situation has occurred. A dam wall on Cubby Station at Dirambandi collapsed and uh, swamping hundreds of modules of picked cotton. Uh, sources have confirmed the unfolding situation um, and an aerial photo posted on Twitter last night showed... There had taken down a lot of yellow bales and spread them across the property. This is not great. In February, Cubby Ag announced that the Agricultural Fund managed by Macquarie Asset acquired the remaining 51% of Cubby Station and this is a huge, huge situation. Cubby Ag properties are located between Dhirambani and St George in southwest Queensland. There's 93,000 hectares, 22,000 hectares of irrigated cotton. It is a huge operation and this is a real disaster for Cubby Station and all the hard work that they've put in in recent time. We'll get you updated on that over the next couple of days and try and continue uh, to give you some in- insight into that. Gavin Basket will join us this morning, the Winton Mayor. They've won another award. We'll also catch up with Trent McInday from Rabobank, the confidence survey out. We'll talk with Simon Gleeson, the CEO of Droughtmasters, at day two just getting underway of the Droughtmaster National Sale. We'll catch up with Cyril Close and much, much more. It's a big show for you. It is Wednesday morning, the 14th of September. You're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network on Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Regional R- Rabobank Regional Manager for North Queensland and the Northern Territories, Trent Rackendale. he joins us this morning. Trent, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us on Rural Queensland Today.
0: No problem, Ben. Happy to be here,
2: mate. Um, the Queensland ag sector confidence retreats amid concern of input costs and biosecurity risks. That's the big thing that's come out of um, the Rabobank um, recent research that you obviously do um, quarterly, and that's the 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 real concern because this industry has had a real buoyant time over the last couple of years, but off the back of FMD and and obviously some really increasing costs, there is a little bit of negativity um, facing the industry in the last couple of months.
3: Absolutely,
0: Ben, and I mean the, the rising um, input cost thing has been around with us for a while. I think the time of the survey is probably just on the back end of that. Yeah, mm. FMD, uh, you know, hitting the media pretty heavily and all of that, which impacted cattle markets, it impacted the supply, of, you know, the flow of cattle sort of came in so there's genuine concern there and uh, that's kind of, I don't say the concern's abated but certainly the media attention on in that space has and, and, and probably a bit of a sense of getting on with things now that we're aware of it in amongst the producers so but the input cost things it's definitely been around for a while and, and it continues to loom.
2: Obviously we look at, you know, the high input costs but there's also been some really high prices as well. And mm. there's never mm. we've never seen commodity prices so favourable. And and the season, it, it has been unbelievable. So I suppose mm. in a lot of things, and, and I talk to a lot of people, there's always that saying, oh, it's got to come to an end. It's got to come to an end. It won't last forever. But if you look at all the statistics, sure, we're not going to see these record prices forever, but we're – a long way ahead of where we were three or four years ago. And I think when it does settle at some sort of rate where it it remains consistent, God forbid, other than we get a biosecurity outbreak or something like that, it bodes well Mm -hmm. for the agricultural industry.
0: Sure does. And I I think that shines through whilst the actual confidence has been down on this survey, long-term investment and intention is still pretty good. And I think that goes to that story a bit, Ben. You know, like they see through these blimps on the radar that we get from time to time in this industry, and whilst the season's been good, it's also created some challenges for some of our croppers and everything else. But these are the types of cycles that, that the industry goes through and has done since forever. So, um, But commodity prices are strong. You know, Even if you've got a 20 or 30% correction, cattle market prices, I'm sure most producers say it's still viable. Same as cotton, strong prices. Sugar's strong prices. Entails obviously these costs that are, that are sort of beating them a little bit, but you know, let's hope down the track somewhere that settles down a little bit as the markets will. But um, most of our research uh, suggests that these, you know, good prices could be around for a while, so uh, that certainly bolstered or keeps that long term investment intention strong amongst our producers.
2: Can I ask you, can I ask you from on the ground, are you getting inquiry about people and and, and obviously still big operations and families and, and businesses wanting to invest and expand their operations? Um, <clears throat> talking to livestock agents and real estate specialists, the, the, they're of the belief and, and, and the way that they portray it on this show is that the minute a property comes on the market, it, it, it goes, like the good the good country. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought, oh, the lesser country just might not sell. It might, but that just has not happened.
0: Yeah. I think the amount of, anecdotally, well, the amount of properties coming on the market has certainly abated a bit, but the prices haven't. And that's clear, you know, you see properties like near Prairie the other day and some of those properties down in central Queensland and southern Queensland, the prices that they make is unbelievable and, and uh, certainly kind of record-breaking nearly every sale. So um, there's uh, there has not been uh, a retreat at all in, in, in demand for good quality properties. And I think from an investment intention perspective, that's still Strong and most of that's just around infrastructure, about building a bit of drought resilience into their business. Technology is still big and happening. Um, sustainable type, you know, uh, investments. So in some of the farming operations, so we get we continue to get plenty of inquiry in that space, and um, and there's quite a bit of growth in the market coming from that space. So which is good for long term the uh, long term view on the on the sector, so um, – but, yeah, property, property prices still strong, still plenty of interest, uh, you know, even looking through the immediate threats, biosecurity threats, etc., cetera, um, the, the strength's still there.
2: Yeah, um, and, and that's the big thing. How and, – and I understand the, the world that we live in, but how do you combat – what will happen and needs to happen is and I don't want to be a drama it's not soaring interest rates but we do need to get the interest rates to a place where that everybody it's viable and that we can that we can survive as a nation so how does that shine through is there some trepidation and some scare because everybody and we've all been there I remember when it was 12 and 14 and 15 percent like you know and (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and I hear that everywhere I'm going oh it's going to go back Mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem to me like it will but I think it will flatten out somewhere about seven or eight at some point you know for a little Mm -hmm. bit it might not get that high but it was eight percent I think in 2009 2007 it was somewhere there um so I, I you know Really, when we look at it, you know, I don't know how you guys handle that and counteract that with your customers, but obviously it's a concern for some.
3: Absolutely, it's
0: a concern for some, but it's an interesting question because I don't think, I mean, obviously we're in the finance game, so interest rates are a common topic, but it, it doesn't appear yet that I'm hearing that it's up in the the top concerns, like it's still there, people, it's a bit like the cattle Price has been, you know, like oh, it could come back a bit and it'd still be good. I think people are realizing it's come off a really low base and it's still pretty good. Yeah. In in from the old 15, 20% stories. So I think, um, you know, economists tell us the Reserve Bank's talking 3, 3 3.5% by mid next year as a base rate, as the Reserve Bank rate. At some point, as you say, it'll have to flatten out. There's other sectors and all of that sort of thing. But from a producer perspective, I'm not sure. It's on the top of their priority list right now. Yeah, but I'm, you know, if it keeps going as fast as it is, it obviously will become there. But um, we're just not seeing that impact yet. Relaying to property prices, etc., as we're talking just before. So if it keeps going. Obviously, it's going to have a, a far bigger impact.
2: Confidence surveys are always interesting, and Rabobank do a phenomenal job of doing a quarterly, you know, release and and it, and it gives everybody a look. You guys have got analysts, you know, looking at markets and obviously trying to look at key factors and and, and sugar has been, you know, it's been huge and, you know, like, and and obviously people worried about that and and livestock. What's your gut feel on the whole agricultural sector over the next 12 months? And I'm not pinning you on this. I'm not trying to, but, you you know, off the back of the research that Rabobank do and, you know, to me, it's nowhere near, unless there's a biosecurity outbreak, it's not yeah. It's all steam, full steam ahead.
0: And That's certainly my, my gut feeling. I've been around the industry for a little while, I guess, but it, it, it appears to be strong. The, it, the information we're getting from our research department continues to be strong. There's going to be strong demand for protein of all types, you know, going forward. I think, that, and it came through the confidence survey, there's a reasonable amount of confidence that we've got this biosecurity stuff kind of covered from an Australian perspective, and obviously there's, room for improvement there, but we've had, a we've had, I'm on a group within the bank and we've had conversations with security and different producers that have interest in Indonesia and we've been pretty well on the front foot with it and we're reasonably confident that, you know, the government and everyone's doing what they can. So, if we can keep that off and out, um, well, you know, there just hasn't been a better time in my uh, career, I guess, for agriculture and the outlook for it. it's a strong as strong as we've seen from a price perspective. And, you know, if we can keep these costs contained or find alternatives to do that or whatever it might be, it's just a strong outlook.
2: Yeah, it's a great news story. Uh, Great to talk to you and really appreciate your time this morning. And I understand um, it's a really, really interesting um, part of – And discussion just where where this is heading. Rabo Bank, Regional Manager for North Queensland and the Northern Territory, Trent McIndoe, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for making yourself available. Good on you, Ben. Thanks, mate. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, the 14th of September, Wednesday morning. And the Droughtmaster National Sale got underway yesterday morning. A total of 224 bulls sold. The CEO of the Droughtmaster Association is Simon Gleason, and he joins us this morning. Simon, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us, mate.
1: No problem at all. Good morning, Dubbo.
2: Unbelievable um, the amount of Droughtmaster cattle in two days that will be sold through um, Gracemere in Rockhampton at the sales complex and yesterday was a really good indication that the strength of the Droughtmaster breed is alive and well a really strong day and obviously some fantastic results for some vendors
1: yeah it was job i look at um it was a very strong sale and it started you know really really strong and um there's a little bit of a soft spot in the middle but um it also finished very strong and i think um there's a real demand for bulls out there and Droughtmaster bulls in particular. And um, we're, we're seeing, you know, really strong results, you know, through averages and clearance rates. So, um, but yeah, a lot of happy vendors yesterday.
2: 224 bulls <laughs> sold through the ring on the first day. Um, and there were some fantastic individual results. Um, I mean, you know, Gail and Mac Shan's Lamont, Droughtmasters, Claremont, um, they were in the last three vendors of the Tuesday, but that people were willing to pay an average of $32,750 for their four bulls. I mean, that is a phenomenal result, you know, on four bulls.
1: It is, yeah. Look, Gail and uh, Mac had a great, you know, great sale, and they um, their bulls were very, very popular. They were, they were a good lineup of bulls. Um, you know, Cliffy Melray also had, a you know, really good sales and good results. I mean, he had a bull that made 90000 and, and uh, Ken McKenzie, you know, he had a ball that made 70000 as well. And look, sure. there are a number of other good, good balls that um, sold well. So, um, yeah, there's some really, really happy vendors.
2: Sale on day one average $14,534. Um, th- that's obviously a, a really good result. Um, and you can also go to the Country Life to have a look at some of the results of each individual studs. But, that you know, to have a $14,000 you know, average. I mean, the, obviously the talk is that there is some bulls here today that are going to make an awful lot of money. I think that average will climb, um, after day two. and I, I think you'll have a higher average by the end of today. And obviously there's a lot of expectation about some of the bulls that will go through the ring today.
1: Yeah, you're right. I look there's, there's, there's word around that, um, there's some good, um, good draft of bulls coming through today and, and they'll be very, very strong. And we're expecting some um, very big prices, um, on some of those bulls today, and look, there's still bulls for all markets here. You know, there's there's um there's genetics for all buyers as well. So, but um the the, the top price bulls, I think, will come out of today.
2: Upstart was five thousand dollars. How and how was that received from all the vendors? Obviously, that was a decision that you guys made. I announced that yesterday. And and look, if you look at some of the people, there, there are a few studs there that averaged eight thousand dollars. I understand that, like, obviously, but for commercial bulls going back out to the territory and stuff like that, that you know, that's a good result.
1: It is, yeah. Look, I mean, the, the, the upstart prices at five grand has increased, you know, from three grand just two years ago. So, um, you know, we think it's fair in terms of where the market's at and um, it's, uh, you know, most bulls sold over five grand. So uh, I think we've got it right.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Mate, obviously this sale is, there's a lot of other sales to come. I mean, Glenland's still to follow. There is some really good results coming, um, you know, and, and sales still to come. Obviously, it's important that, you know, people go to these and support these. And obviously, we're very well supported by the number of people at the sale yesterday and today.
1: Yeah, it is. Look, and and there's there's a number of people. It's a big crowd out there, you know. Yesterday, and we're expecting another big crowd again today. I think there's a there's a real shortage of bulls, like I said earlier, and I'd expect sales across, you know, um, other other. on-farm sales across the breed will, will do really well as well. So, um, there's an, as I said, there's a real demand for bulls. Uh,
2: obviously, uh, important time. Uh, we might talk to you tomorrow as well. We appreciate your time, mate. Obviously, day one uh, was done and dusted, and um, there was some phenomenal results, as I said, um, you know, the 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 real highlight um, was uh, Gala MacShan. They averaged thirty two thousand seven hundred fifty for their four bulls. Beth Street of Palmvale uh, Marlborough had two bulls averaging twenty seven. Seymour Droughtmaster Stud averaged uh, twenty three thousand five hundred for their seven bulls. And Sky Droughtmasters Alpha averaged twenty three thousand three hundred eighty eight for their nine sale average after day one. uh two hundred and twenty four bulls sold. Uh, 14,534, so a really strong result to start off with. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Simon, for being with us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, mate, after the wash-up on no day two. Thanks so much for being with us.
1: No worries, Phil, Thanks for having me.
2: Good on you. Uh, rural Queensland today. We'll take a break, come back with more. A good result um, there with the Drought Masters in day one, and we'll keep you updated throughout the course of uh, the sale and the continuing sales coming on. While the Masters are going on, uh, also there has been some other sales and some phenomenal records. Geez, the Santa Catruda's breed has had a phenomenal year. Uh, In the space of nearly two weeks, the Santa Catruda's breed has seen records for bulls smashed twice. Yesterday at the Santa Central sale outside Clifton, the mark was even eclipsed by a further $15,000 when a 21-month-old Glen Oaks bull set a new Australian record, $175,000 for a Santa. It was bred and offered by Scott and Wendy Ferguson, very well-known, obviously, uh, the Glen Oaks stud at Nobby. And um, after a short and fierce bidding duel involving Neil and Rosalie Watson, what a Santa Tamworth, New South Wales, and Luke and Carly uh, Baker from Wondowan, they emerged as the new owners. Losing bidders um, were the Kilcock stud in Deneliquin, and what a result. At Santa Central, all 89 classified bulls sold to an average of $15,315. That was a 92% clearance, $1.3 million gross. Last year, 101 bulls averaged 21000 and had a 91% clearance. Um, I can tell you there was some good results. Uh, Jason and Kylie Bruggerman and family, Triple S stud Wandoan outlaid sixty five thousand to secure a twenty two month old Bulla bull from Craig Hindle, and um, that was a, a fantastic result from the Sanders. So, when you want to look at them, that they, Santa breed has had a phenomenal year. Uh, also, Glenissor Angus stud had a unbelievable. They hit thirty three thousand twice. And in the breakdown, 34 two-year-old bulls sold for an average of 17,647, while 11 12-month-old yearling bulls averaged $11,182. So that is a, a phenomenal result as well. And the Glenissa Georgian Foreman with the agents there. So they've had a very, very good result as well. So with the Drought Masters obviously still going, um, we'll get into the Shorthorns. Obviously tomorrow the Grove Shorthorn sale is on as well. We will try and uh, continue everybody and keep everybody updated with what is going on as this market uh, continues to soar uh, so much going on in the bull game and obviously a very, very good result in the Santa Catruda's breed yesterday as well. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Jim Wilmot, South Burnett Regional Council joins us this morning and Jim, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Yeah, Ben, thanks for having me. We talk about a lot of toxic things that can come into people's lives. Fireweed in agriculture is one of the real biosecurity risks and something that people need to be aware of and detect straight away. Oh, look, Ben, that's right. Um, It's one of the worst
4: uh, pasture weeds in Australia. It's basically invaded the whole um, East Coast, New South Wales, um, Atherton, Rockhampton and um look around Gympie this is the first infestation we've
2: had um or the first plant we've found in the South Burnett region so it's a real concern to us here off the back of the floods that's where you would think it would come from but you've announced in the bios in the South Burnett and and this is something that everybody needs to to think about a weed biosecurity alert and detection for fireweed in the region now give everybody some idea it looks like a little daisy little yellow daisy and the only literally way you can get rid of it is you have to pull the whole the whole pl- flower out with its root system as well. Yeah, that's right, Ben. It's um,
4: initially when it invades, um, it's really important. Like prevention is better than cure with any uh, weed management challenge. But um, look, uh, we're saying to people, um, pull the plants out, uh, put them in a bag if you, and, and destroy them. It's got a small, like you said, a very small daisy like flower it's actually um in the same family asteraceae as i say sunflower so it's that kind of yellow um there, unfortunately there's about 27 different native varieties that look similar or have similar characteristics so it's not a very tall plant around we've been finding plants around the 30 to 40 centimeters high and um it's a uh, A lot of branches on it, a lot of flowers. Now, these flowers are small, around 13 petals, but there's about 780 species that also have the same amount of petals. So it's about the cup the flower sits in, and that's got these bracts that uh, number between 18 and 21. So you have to count those bracts to get a positive identification. Um, Look, if anyone's got any um, concerns and they can't identify it, bring it in the council and a a sealed container or a bag, and and we'll get it identified as soon as possible.
2: Yeah, so moving forward, what's your message? And and if there is detection, and obviously off the back of flooding and at the start of the year and the potential La Niña warnings that are coming out now, it does spread, and the detection's only a matter of time. But if you do detect it, what's the best way anybody in the South Burnett region? Well, if you do detect it –
4: so let us know about it because we can actually come out and help you um, at once, identify it where it possibly came, came in. And um, but what we're asking landholders is to familiarise themselves with the plant. There's a lot of other, like at this time of year, you'd see a lot of mustard weed, a lot of turnip weed on the side of roads, and people just see a yellow plant and think it's fireweed. So they've really got, got to come to terms or, or, or really um, learn what it looks like, um, report it, Um, tell council about it and we'll help them get rid of it as much as we can.
2: Yeah. I I think um, this is something that people need to – don't and don't take this lightly. This is a very, very important subject. Fireweed is a real danger. It's a bit like what parthenium was to the central. And if it doesn't, people don't get on top of it. It can cause all sorts of dramas. Um, The South Burnett Regional Council has announced a weed biosecurity alert for the detection of fireweed in the region. Obviously, it's a yellow daisy. It can be toxic to livestock. All landholders are urged to educate themselves by visiting council websites. Um, If there is any detection, you can obviously get in contact with your local council, Um, South Burnett region, obviously, um, or the NRM department, uh, 41899100, 41899100. Jim, appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for making us aware. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. Good on you. Jim Wilmot. We'll take a break. Come back with more Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, obviously, we talk about the agricultural sector a lot, but the tourism industry in Outback Queensland is so important as well. And a great news story was just recently: Australian Tourism Industry Council, the you know how the national representative body for tourism, which provides leadership and representation through a national voice of tourism, and they also sponsored by Tourism Australia. Well, they recently had Australia's top tourism awards, and that little town called Winton was second place in the tiny tourism town category, just pipped by Strawn in Tasmania, and in third was Mount um, Macadon, I don't even know how to pronounce that, but uh, Macadon, I suppose I should say. Uh, Gavin Baskins, the Winton Mayor, Mayor, he might have a bit better of a knowledge of where this third place in Victoria was, but firstly, mate, second place in Australia. That is bloody fantastic. Congratulations.
3: Yeah, Doggo, bloody great effort, mate, eh? Uh, It's a great attribute to our local tourism industry, the tourism operators, local businesses, community, Council, everyone involved, and it's um, yeah, just a great effort, and just goes to show that people love Winton.
2: They, mate, it is a phenomenal town and one that people should be very proud of. I mean, we've got the 50 year Outback Festival commencing uh, next week, Friday the 23rd, and to the 25th. And I know there's a lot going on, but you know what makes Winton now? I mean, with the dinosaurs and, and everything that's going on, the Outback Film Festival, splendid. There just seems to be throughout the course of the year, from dead set the beginning of the year to the end, there is something always happening out there now, and it. I suppose it bores up the back of the fact that the town realised and identified long before that we've had some real dry times, and we just can't survive on the agricultural dollar. We need some out. We need some outside money, and um, your tourism business now just does wonders for the economy.
3: Yeah, mate, this was identified back in 1968 when they first established the Winton Tourism Association. People like Vincent Peter Evert and Charlie Flop and all the great uh, entrepreneurs at the time said, this is, we've got to diversify out of the ag industry into tourism and people will want to see the Outback and it's grown from there. And the Outback Festival started in 1972 when there was a drought and just to get a bit of economic drive in the community through a festival. And I think now we call ourselves the festival capital of queensland we have five festivals most year and that's great for the local economy but people say there's nothing to do in the bush and obviously not looking hard enough because like you said from april may right through to september october there's always something happening it's always very busy and um i think that's why people love coming out here there's plenty to do but the locals are friendly we've got a great history in the town we've got a a reputation of punching above our weight and hopefully that continues into the future
2: yeah, and that's the big thing um, that I think you know. Like, speaks. You've always had the the not the underdog, but you've always Winton's always had that you know the little sister. You know, like you know that's always. But now you're a figurehead. As I said, yeah, my parents went to Winton, absolutely loved it. I couldn't believe it. I had friends go out from the middle of Brisbane who went out and, and on a trip and just said it was the most phenomenal place just recently. There is more to do in the Central West and Winton and, and surrounding there then you can poke a stick at. It is a phenomenal part of the world. How big is the festival of the 50th anniversary going to be next week?
3: But yeah, that's going to be a big event. It's not as big as normal. the festivals biennially, biannually and um, one was last year and the big one's again next year but they're putting on a special one for the 50th. Got some great entertainment over the three days and really looking forward to it. Uh, there's a gala dinner, there's a VIP night and there's also the opening of a museum for the local wool industry which is going to be a fantastic event. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. And it's a great effort from um, Robin and the whole committee to keep this festival going for 50 years because there's been tough times over the last four or five years or so and uh, hopefully it'll be around for another 50 years because it's great for our local economy.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, the Variety Bash left Winton last week. There was 400 people and 100 vehicles through there. How does the town plan and handle that kind of stuff? And, and your tourism count, has it been up this year?
3: Yeah, it's not as big as last year, Dobbo, but through COVID, like yeah, everything bad, there's something good in the tourism industry in Queensland really shone through then because people were just stuck here and just kept circling around and uh, seeing places that may, they may not have always went to. But um, this year's a little bit quieter. But yeah, you know, the variety batch was great. There was over 400 people. We fed them down to the footy field on the Sunday night and then breakfast on the Monday morning and they started in the main street. And that's just an attribute to our local community groups that they can get people together and Feed over four hundred people, and it's great. And it was great to see all those old vehicles heading down the heading down the main street there, and all of them with the uh, local Winton crest sticker on the side of the car too. Fantastic.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is quite quite amazing, and it is really um, something that you know, like I, you know, I, it, the fact that you guys can put that together, and 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 the town just absolutely embraces that kind of stuff is awesome. So much to like about Winton, mate. It's starting, obviously, the season outstanding out there. People, obviously, you know, they haven't seen it so good for such a long time.
3: It's really good at the moment. Uh, it's a gift that keeps giving this year, the rain. We had some more rain there just recently. And um, when we've got events out here and people out here and they're saying about, oh, I bet you never seen it so green. Well, not this time of year. Usually through February, March, April, it'll be nice and green. But through June, July, August, it's uh, phenomenal and, the meetings we've had with Bomb recently, they say going through the next six months and in the next year is going to be well above average rainfall. So fingers crossed, we've, we've seen the last of the drought for quite a
2: while. We're looking forward to some great years coming forward. Yeah, you're dead right. And uh, obviously, there's a lot to like about what is going on at Winton. Well done. Um, congratulations on another award. Second place to Strawn. I mean, gee, Strawn in Tasmania, it's a fair, fair bloke to pip you though, isn't it?
3: Well, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? So let's say that uh, Strawn down there in beautiful Tassie in amongst the forests and the rivers and all that is one example. And Winton and, and out back Queensland is a totally opposite. But yeah, it's a great attribute. And hopefully, not only during in Queensland, but all over Australia, this will put us on people's bucket list and they'll want to come and have a look at Winton and to figure out why it got second. And I'm
2: sure when they get here and spend a few days in town, they won't be disappointed. Yeah, well said. Um, it's a great town. I uh, appreciate your time this morning. Gavin Basket, Winton Mayor, thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Bobo. See you, mate. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's talk markets and obviously Roma on yesterday. Uh, Cyril Close joins us from TopX Roma and TopX uh, Australia. Uh, just a little over 2,000 head yesterday, so the number's certainly back the last couple of weeks. Uh, good morning, mate. How are you?
5: Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Top of the world, couldn't be better.
2: Reasoning, obviously, season, um, bull sales, just sort of that lull before school holidays, people just waiting for their kids get home, that's sort of the reasoning why the numbers are a little behind or a little back on their normal weekly um, numbers at Roma?
5: No, nah, mate, this week was a bit inclement, mate. Um, Friday, Thursday, Friday, rain came through this district, the Maranoa and uh, through a lot of other areas, obviously, so... Uh, 20 to 60 or 70 mils uh, through the district and uh, the odds fall a bit higher than that. But ran a lot of water, creeks all ran a banker and uh, they just pulled most just of, of, of the cattle up. up. They're there yeah.
2: though, mate?
5: Uh, yeah, they'll be around, mate. We've had a few quite a weeks again. You know, like we were yarding six and five and six pretty easily so and then we've had a couple of weeks or two with the weather. Yeah, we'll probably go back to that, you know, what the slide, mate. Every time you ask me that, I'll get it wrong. So, um, yeah. But no, there's still a few cattle around, mate. Mostly yesterday were Travel cattle from out of the district that um, that could get
2: in before the weather hit. How was the market, mate? Um, let's talk about the 2000 head there. How was it?
5: Uh, Boy, it, mate, across all, all categories, um, you know, from the heavy steers down to lighter steers. You know, showed deer on, on the previous week's rates, but um, and, and heifers the same. Uh, meat job, very strong, uh, you know, all competing. And uh, yeah, just. Hard to put lines of cattle together when you get back to that. I know we're spoiled here when we get good numbers, but um, everyone was pretty keen to put a few in a a paddock if they could get them home.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, um, the the market, and we're seeing it very, very dear again, and this door job, because the season is so good, is there – and pardon me – is there a little bit of concern, and I I don't want to be – that all this talk about La Nina and mass flooding again and it's gonna rain. I understand we've had so many dry years. It seems to be they've gone the complete opposite and then now and everybody's sort of like, Oh no, with doom and gloom we're gonna but this is just part of the life at the moment.
5: Mate, right, Mother Nature, I don't know, these politicians have got pretty heavy control over the rest of their lives, mate. I suppose they're trying to manipulate that too, or we'll take credit for it, are not they? Um, <laughs> no, nah, mate, look it's gonna you know, it's gonna do what it's gonna do and um yes, it's uh, going to be pretty catastrophic in areas if we get some big summer storms and whatever else once everything's full. So, um, yeah, but, mate, same story. That's mother nature. We haven't been able to control her before. She's going to do what she wants. So, um, you know, I, yeah, we just have to take it as it comes, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Mate, can you talk to me about that little steer job uh, we saw in Dolby, we've seen it um, over the last couple of weeks starting to creep up again. Did it get to the heights of where it's been or was it just not the quality of the cattle that would demand that
5: $8? Yeah, that's what it comes down to each week, mate. The, the, the cattle that, uh, to fit those categories have got to be there. We didn't see eight yesterday. Well, I didn't happen to see eight. I haven't seen the official report yet, but um, yeah, late six and early sevens quite easily achievable yesterday and the types of steers that were there. And and you know if we get some little light way fellas in yeah we'll see eight again I suppose no it all comes back to the dollars ahead scenarios to what um, you know what they're making so you know and and they you know still people are looking at the dollars ahead
2: rather than the kilo yeah they certainly are uh, obviously any prime cattle there mate
5: yeah it was it pretty reasonable guarding of cows same old story not many bullocks about one or two pens of bullocks if you could call them that they were just you know just shy of a run but they were there. Uh, made in the mid four dollar bracket, but cows uh, rep- pretty well represented and, and got out the three dollars eighty and 90. Um, four dollars on a six tooth sort of heifery cow. You know, um, was was achievable, but yeah, quite quite a bit of competition, mate. With um, all, you know all parties, southern uh, processors as well as our local processors
2: um, trying to secure cattle. Yeah, it's a good news story. Now, mate, you've got a uh, Angus sale on Friday that obviously we were talking about. Um, Glenissa obviously had a really good result. You've got an Angus sale on this Friday, which is going to be pretty important.
5: Yeah, mate, it's good. It's uh, Nick and Sarah Moyler and family are sending their, bull, they send their bulls up here for a number of years now from Pathfinder, and they run a sale in Victoria and they run one in South Australia. Uh, we've got about 120 bulls on offer this Friday. You know, pretty Pretty functional bulls have been coming into the district now and uh, people have had good results out of them. And, uh, you know, they're just going to represent pretty fair value in in that Angus job. Uh, It starts at 10.30 and um, people want to, you know, put some Angus into the herd, which seems to be a pretty popular move at the moment. Uh, They're on the doorstep here. So, um, you know, come and have a look at them, see if they suit you.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. There's some really good um, and and really good Bulls in that in that catalogue and you can go and have a look online and the fact is that 120 Angus Bulls in your own backyard, I mean, you don't have to travel for them if they're in Roma, those Bulls will stand up and they do go out and work, there's no two ways about it, they, they will go in your country and work hard and, and do the job that they wanted, so what times that sale kick off mate?
5: Yeah, ten thirty start, mate. A uh, bit of an earlier one, but yeah, uh, you know, get 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 into it and um, make it happen, mate. And we can get a few delivered that afternoon. Get them get them home if we can. So yeah, no, be, uh, be a good day out.
2: Yeah, one hundred and twenty Angus bulls in Roma this Friday, ten thirty kick off. Pathway Cyril Close. We'll talk to you next week. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, hello. Good, good on good you. Job. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. I hope you've enjoyed the show Wednesday morning, the 14th of September. Uh, we will keep you updated as the sales continue throughout the course of the week. Have a great day. Remember when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning from nine. Ray Hadley joins you next till next time from all the team here at Rural Queensland today. It's bye for now.